Today's episode of Opera After Dark is brought to you by Opera Philadelphia. Opera Philadelphia presents the world premiere of Denis and Katya, part of Festival 019. The latest from Philip Venables and Ted Huffman, Denise and Katya explores what makes us click in an age of 24-7 digital connection. Open September 18th. More at operaphila.org. That's opera, P-H-I-L-A dot org. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode in a new season of Opera After Dark. This is the first episode of season four. It's a new season. We've been doing this for four years. Doesn't that blow your mind? It does. It's amazing. Yeah. How was the summer? It was busy. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it didn't even happen, but that's just me. Well, Kyle, you did some exciting opera-related activities over the summer. Yeah, I I did a whole lot. It's weird. Like, I, I did a lot of travel and did a lot of fun things, did a lot of work things. So it just, it felt like it was such a busy summer, mm-hmm. but it feels odd saying that considering like I, I did have some good leisure time, but I'm coming out of summer feeling like it wasn't really a break. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Well, I totally feel what you What did you do? Well, I did a lot of things. I guess before I jump into it, we should uh, let our audience members know that in this episode, we're going to do a little recap of some of our summer activities, some pretty exciting opera-related activities, and then talk a little bit about what we're excited about in the upcoming opera season, mm-hmm. the 1920 season. 1920. You guys were going into the Roaring Twenties again. It's true. I God know. knows what will happen. I know. <laughs> I, yeah, who knows? <laughs> it's going to be a good time. We get sidetracked. We're down a rabbit hole. Yeah, we hole. digress. We digress. Yeah, I I had a lot of fun opera experiences this summer. I was a little bit uh, all over the place. As our regular audience members will know, we were in New York at the start of the summer seeing As One, mm-hmm. which was certainly an insightful experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then immediately after that, I was in London and made my first visit to the Royal Opera House. Ooh, what did you see? I saw Tosca. Ooh. Was this the one where Bryn Terfel was singing? Hell yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> and it was amazing. That, oh my gosh, he was so good. That I mean, that was primarily the reason, it wasn't primarily the reason I was in London, but it was definitely the reason I went to see that opera. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Bryn Terfel singing Scarpia, also, Vittorio Grigolo singing uh, Cavaradossi. Okay. Which, yeah, I'm a big Grigolo fan. I feel like you guys might be lukewarm, but... Uh, I appreciate that he brings it like 110% mm-hmm. to every performance. Right. I think sometimes he doesn't sit still. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but, but I feel like Fair. he takes me on a journey, and I like that. Yeah, he definitely puts his all into it. Mm-hmm. Uh Although watching his curtain calls is a little bit funny because there's always <laughs> mm. like, it's never just a bow. Never. It's like he's got to do something. Like in th- this Fall performance. To the floor. Right, right. The performance that I saw, he actually did like the, you know, like um, Hulk Hogan. Well, maybe you don't know. 
mm-hmm. there's this professional wrestler that did this thing where he like put his hand around his ear like I can't hear you guys like oh yeah he uh, does that a lot I've yeah. seen him do that quite a few times right like I you need to cheer a little bit louder mm-hmm. that kind of thing which I don't know in the right circumstance might be charming but <laughs> he he's also like like kissed his fingers and then like kissed the floor and like thrown kisses out to the audience he's very dramatic right. I've seen yeah. a lot of people do that though yeah yeah, yeah. I guess that's not so abnormal yeah, and I think also in the comparison with, with Bryn Terfel, who is just, like, very um, classic, very... Mm-hmm. It's not that he was stoic, but he's just so composed. Mm. And so the juxtaposi- uh, juxtaposition of those two was just a little bit interesting. Who sang Tosca? It was Christine Opelias. Oh, okay. okay. You had a yeah. pretty dynamite cast. Yeah. I know. It was it was pretty great. I enjoyed it. A beautiful production that they have at Royal Opera House. And I also just want to say, as far as opera houses go, I thought the experience at the Royal Opera House was fantastic. Mm. It's like they renovated the whole place mm-hmm. in uh, like the late 90s, I think. And so it it's updated. It has kind of a, a modern feel with the old-fashioned feel. Yeah, they've kind of experience. merged the two together. And... They have this great area, I remember, that where you can go at intermission where there's kind of like a floor-to-ceiling glass where it like looks over the Covent Garden Market. Oh, that's cool. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and there's, you know, you, there's food there and there's a bar and, and like it's a really nice place to mingle during intermission as well. So I like that mm-hmm. opera house too. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And the intermission ice cream is definitely mm. a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I enjoyed my... My intermission ice cream. I wish the Met had intermission ice cream. They should. I feel like that's a like a UK thing because it's not just operas. If you go see theater, if you go see musicals, there is ice cream in intermission that you can buy. It's like a thing. Well, growing up in Toronto, whenever we went, you went to see Aida, right? Musical? Whenever yeah. <laughs> the many many times I saw Aida the musical, the twelve uh, times, right. but but also the Lion King and also Mamma Mia, um, and a handful of others. There was always. <laughs> Hagendas at intermission. Oh, fancy ice cream. Were you the one I was right. talking to? Someone was telling me that Hagendas is an American company, and they just slapped an umlaut over it to make it sound fancy. I don't know. <laughs> I shit you not. I don't know if I was the one who had that conversation with you, but I do remember learning this: that basically, when they made the ice cream, they just wanted to find a name that sounded fancy and foreign. Right, fancy and foreign. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Bullshit. Moving on. Right. The ice cream's wow. delicious doesn't matter i feel <laughs> lied to <laughs> anyway so so you had your intermission ice cream that oh, was yeah, a that highlight was right the whole thing was awesome and f- well i was gonna say funny story it's not too funny but i did go on a backstage tour mm-hmm. oh fun at covent garden and everything was great you know it's a lovely tour but i did get stuck in an elevator oh no for like 20 minutes oh no what happened on the backstage tour the, uh, the elevator got stuck as yeah i don't know what to tell you but it was so funny and and i've been on a handful of backstage Mm. tours let's just say and uh been on the other side of giving a backstage tour as well Mm -hmm. and i so felt for uh, the tour guide because she just like i know she's like oh my god like i have all these people in an elevator and it's stuck what am I what am I going to do? And she handled it really well, but I could tell she was just so perplexed. Oh. 
by the situation. Luckily, she's probably not listening to this. She's more of a ballet person. Okay. Oh, I see. So (laughs) there's no danger of her being like, oh, shit. (laughs) I got somebody has a podcast. I got stuck in the elevator. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Right. But it was it was a wonderful experience. Good. Absolutely loved it. And then I went straight. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. Before before we move on from your recounting the Royal Opera, can we mm-hmm. listen to just like a little bit of Bryn Terfel singing Scarpia? I oh, feel yes, like, please. I feel like we have to give listeners just a taste because he's so great. Yeah, let's get some Tadeum up in here. Yeah, I could really go on and on. Uh, I should also say that in addition to seeing a lot of opera, I also saw a lot of musical theater this summer. Go on. (laughs) And the best experience of them all, and one that we will certainly have to talk more about in a future episode, is the musical Six. (laughs) We will definitely talk about this because we've batted around the idea for a long time of an episode that talks about like, Tudor history in musical right. theater and opera. So we won't get into that. We'll save it for its own episode. But it is coming to Broadway in the spring. Woohoo! It is. Yes, and, it is. Uh, just in case you haven't heard anything about it, Six is a musical about the six wives of Henry VIII. But it's done, the best way I can describe it is that it's done in the style of the Spice Girls or something similar <laughs> right. to the Spice Girls, like a modern version of and the Spice Girls. We leave it at that. Save right. it. I'll save it. Okay. Okay. But that was awesome. So then I went from London, went to San Francisco, where I rendezvoused with Naomi. Mm-hmm. That's right. We were both at the Opera America conference. Right. That was a great time. It's always nice to be around a bunch of opera people. Mm-hmm. And of course, while we were there, we went to see a couple of things at the San Francisco Opera. We, we saw did. a production of Carmen. Mm-hmm. That was uh, with Matthew Polansani as Don Jose. Oh, cool. Uh, that was pretty great. Mm-hmm. And then we did see Orlando. <laughs> yes. Which we... <laughs> I like to think of myself as an extremely positive guy. <laughs> no. I did not love that opera. It had everything that it could have going for it. It was an interesting production. It was like it was set in this like post World War II. I thought it was the production was done well. Very talented singers uh, were singing. Sasha Cook was the the lead mm-hmm. mezzo role singing Orlando, and it was great. Good singers, but gosh, is it a boring opera? I feel like you just don't like Baroque opera, and I feel like like Kyle really went into it really wanting to like this opera right he was right. he was trying so hard to be positive and like and we were also at this particular performance actually 
both Kyle and I were there with our respective spouses. And mm-hmm. so it was also like our spouses were there along for this this night at the opera. And I felt like my husband was like trying so hard to be positive about this experience. <laughs> and both Kyle and I are like, this is rough. <laughs> right. And on the opposite side of things, my wife is never going to try too hard to be positive it's like we're a yin and yang i'm I'm overly positive and she's like okay you know what i paid i paid money to see this we we need some standards but that's the thing is the performance and the production standard were great it's mm -hmm. just a boring opera i i agree the music is so slow all the tempos are slow it's so much da capo aria it's just like and there's not enough variety between mm-hmm. the Decapo arias, in my opinion. So it was just like so much of the same. I had a really hard time too. That's the but. thing too, is like the first 45 minutes, I was thinking, okay, yeah, I'm enjoying this. This is good. But then it was just then the same thing for another right. two plus hours. Mm. Well, Not a well fan. just in case people want to hear just a little bit of that first 45 minutes, here's just <laughs> a little taste of Handel's Orlando. All right, so a wonderful time in San Francisco. Later on in the summer, uh, actually, the three of us had a rendezvous in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. uh, where we were guests of Cincinnati Opera and yes. their young professionals board. That was a wonderful time. We're actually, I don't think we'll go into much detail about that now, because we'll have much to tell about that later on. Just a little teaser for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say it was like the hottest weekend of the year. <laughs> oh, yes. My gosh, it was, it was a, a heat night, wave. Everywhere, everywhere. Right. And yeah, I actually finished out the summer just a couple of weekends ago. I made my first trip to Santa Fe Opera. I know. You went to Santa Fe? That's so crazy. You I'm said it was amazing. Jealous. You know. Oh, yeah. It's everything. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of hype mm-hmm. around Santa Fe Opera. And mm-hmm. I think it met the hype. It was a cool experience. Awesome. It's pretty great. You know, it's a, a lot of people are coming there from out of town. So it's it's... Instead of having a bunch of random people at the opera, which is great, it's it feels like everybody there is super into it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're there in the city specifically to see opera, uh, which is a, a cool a cool atmosphere. It's like that festival, you know, the f- festival model is becoming more popular because then people yeah. can come in and and see a handful of operas over the course of a week. I think it really says something when, like, you choose to plan your vacation around going to a place in order to see a whole bunch of opera in a condensed amount of time. Yeah. Like, that's a totally different feel than the kind of season model where you're kind of going all sprinkled throughout the season. Both have their, like, plus yeah. and minuses, but Definitely. I'm I'm very jealous that you got to go to Santa Fe. What did you see when you were in Santa Fe? Uh, first, I saw a new opera called The Thirteenth Child, mm-hmm. which I should know the name of the composer off the top of my head. It's the composer that did Handmaid's Tale. Is that Paul Roeders? Yeah. Rudders, yes. My mm-hmm. thought? That mm-hmm. is exactly right. And that was okay. Once again, I try to be positive, but um, I didn't love the vocal writing in that mm-hmm. opera. It was 
a wonderfully talented cast and a production that I found to be interesting, but it didn't really hit home for me musically. Uh, but then I saw Yenufa, which Yanufa. is Yenufa. Yenufa is definitely at the top of mm. my list. It oh, is one of my most favorite operas, mm-hmm. and it was performed incredibly well. Uh, a soprano named Laura Wildey was the Yenufa. Mm-hmm. She had done it previously at the Royal Opera House. Mm. Um, um, maybe it was English National Opera. Now that I think about it, she did it in London, um, but she had did such a wonderful job at Santa Fe. And then Patricia Reset was the Kostelnitschka, mm-hmm. nice. and she just killed it. It was awesome. Great production. Couldn't say better things about it. So yeah. That was basically it. How was what's that? What's his name? What's Shepherd's Boy's name? Shepherd Boy. Hooked on phonics. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she taught him how to read. Um, Yano. Oh. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He sings like four times. I just. Yeah, yeah. No, he's actually, my favorite pretty... character. <laughs> oh, you would have loved it in this production then, because it it was a pretty funny actress that was playing him. And there, there was a point in time where like he says something kind of snarky and then runs off stage. Mm-hmm. But how, how the theater is set up at Santa Fe, actually they have the ability where the, the back of the stage opens up uh, and like the audience sees out into the desert. It's an open mm-hmm. air auditorium. And so in the opening act, they had that, that the back of the stage opened up and like, singers were coming on and off stage from the back so there was a moment where that character (laughs) (laughs) but he runs out to the desert and just just keeps keeps going going. (laughs) seriously like he says he says something snarky and then like runs to the back of the stage and literally jumps off like just jumps off (laughs) the back like they there had to have been like some sort of mat or pad down because he just she like ran and leapt. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was good stuff. But that's enough about my summer. I'm I'm long winded. No, you did I, uh, so much this summer. Mm-hmm. It was a good summer for seeing opera and traveling all over. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely happy to have been able to to see what I saw. We're gonna pause for a quick second so that we can hear a little bit from our sponsor of this episode, Opera Philadelphia. The musical moment you are hearing is by Philip Venables from his album Below the Belt. His next work, in collaboration with librettist Ted Huffman, is the world premiere of Denise and Katja, part of Opera Philadelphia's Festival 019. Denise and Katja is based on a real-life tragedy that played out live on social media. This visceral production examines the vast public response to the events surrounding two teenage Russian runaways, exploring how stories are shaped in our age of 24-7 digital connection. Denis and Katja at Festival 019, September 18th through the 29th in Philadelphia. Tickets at operaphila.org. That's opera, P-H-I-L-A, dot org. But I want to hear about your summers. 
Well, I was in New York for most of it, but I actually did just get back from a, a two-week trip where I went to uh, Edinburgh for the Fringe Festival, <gasps> which I had never seen before. And um, we did go to one opera. We saw Breaking the Waves. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm so jealous. Which Scottish National it? Opera did. Um, it, You know, it's funny... Um, because I got to see it when they did it here at the Prototype Festival, and it's such an incredible mm-hmm. thing that um, an opera that is that new is getting another production that's entirely new, an entirely new director, entirely new designer, entirely new cast. Mm. Wow. And it's it's really impressive that that is happening. Um, I liked it. I didn't like some of the directorial choices. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um for anybody that doesn't know breaking the waves um is a pretty horrible story that still makes me mad um but in the original production people made a big deal of the fact that um there was a lot of nudity especially for the female character and it wasn't like sexy nudity Mm. it was really uncomfortable nudity which i think Mm -hmm. actually helped a lot with um the storyline and i mean isn't it I don't. I hate to say it like this, but isn't it almost better that it's uncomfortable nudity than sexy nudity? Oh, definitely. Because hmm. if it was sexy nudity, that would be like gratuitous, so much but... worse. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and they they did that to an extent, but the um, the singer who was playing Bess, who's the main character, I'm sure made a decision with like this is what I'm comfortable with, mm. and did not go all the way, which I completely respect, and you should do whatever you're comfortable with, but. I don't know why I felt like it kind of felt like a cop out. I don't know. Cause yeah. it's a, I don't know. Sounds like it changes uh, having not seen the opera, but hearing your description, it sounds like it changes the storytelling a little bit. A little bit. And there's some stuff that they showed that the original production sort of left to your imagination, which I thought was kind of better. I mean, I, all the singers were great and it's such a difficult opera. Hmm. Mm-hmm. to sit through um the female lead has to do all this horrible stuff and the male lead um gets paralyzed in like an oil rig accident oh, halfway gosh. through the first act and so he basically spends the rest of the opera like paralyzed in a bed and he cannot move which is, i'm sure is terrible for the person that's singing and mm-hmm. it's rough but it was good and people were really receptive to it and it was a full house we went on opening night so that was really exciting mm-hmm. nice how was the rest of the Fringe Festival? The Fringe Festival is a wild shit show. <laughs> really? I feel like it's a... I only really found out... Don't judge me. But I only really found out about the Fringe Festival like within the past five years. And I feel like now it's a bucket list thing. Like you have to go to the Fringe Festival at some point in you your life. You should go. Because it's crazy. I mean, it's the only time I've ever been anywhere where you can decide 10 minutes beforehand that you're going to go like randomly see a show and pay like 10 pounds for it and it could be great it could be the worst thing that you've ever seen (laughs) in your entire life Um, we saw some great stuff and some stuff that i would say is the worst thing i've ever seen in my entire life one was um a production of a musical that is very dear um to my heart and to my husband's heart and to my mom's heart who was there my mom was there as well um and the fire alarm in the theater went off about 15 minutes until the end and i would say that was the greatest part of the show (laughs) um 
No. We went into the courtyard and I asked everybody, do you want to wait and we'll go back in because it's almost over. And my mom was like, we don't need to do that. And so we left. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thank God. They saved 15 minutes of our lives. Oh, my God. Yes. Not worth it. Um, we did see a stage show called Tilda Swinton Answers an Ad on Craigslist, which was <gasps> amazing. Oh, my gosh. Was it with Tilda Swinton? No, it was with a, a guy, an actor named Tom Lank, who... Um, went in drag as Tilda Swinton, and it was oh nice, really funny. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine. Like, what? <laughs> can you give us a, a like a ten second plot summary? Um, so this guy named Walt just broke up with his boyfriend, and his boyfriend put an ad on Craigslist for the apartment because the apartment is in the his, his boyfriend's name, and Walt, mm-hmm. um is sad and depressed and is going to kill himself. And then Tilda Swinton shows up and she decides that Walt is the perfect character study. So she goes about trying to learn the inner workings of Walt. (laughs) It's so funny and weird and it's incredible. A different experience. Mm. (laughs) Yes, A different experience. But I would recommend if you can to go to the Fringe Festival. There isn't that much in the way of um, music that's not like cabaret hmm. kind of singers and things like that but a lot of theater mm-hmm. a lot of comedians a lot of magic which i nice. did not go to because i was told there was a fair amount of audience participation we as all know <laughs> that is my nightmare um it's your biggest fear there was oh my god there was one show this woman did called blind date where she brought out an actual friend of hers and then just canvassed someone in the audience brought them up and we all watched them have a blind date <laughs> it was no! horrifically awkward oh my gosh like super painful but i bet somebody or many people there thought that it was one of the most amazing things they ever saw like oh my gosh like what a real experience you know what it takes all kinds in this mm-hmm. world we did see one um circus show called Paris de Nuit mm. which turned out to be a late night like 1920s burlesque style circus nice that sounds amazing it was incredible those people were doing crazy things I was telling yeah. Naomi like walking tight ropes and high heels and jumping and doing back flips on it and just like oh my gosh yeah it was crazy acrobatic stuff yeah that's insane but it was super fun and I'm still kind of jet lagged <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that was very recent. That was yeah. like you got back like two days ago. Nice, mm-hmm. worth it. And well, cool. I, I love you all, but I wish I was there still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fair. I we'll do just do too. permanent. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we'll all move there. We'll we can move still there. Do the show It'll from be there. great. Who mm-hmm. knows what'll happen after mm-hmm. Brexit? But we'll all move there. Right. <laughs> great. Right. Well, Naomi. What did you do? <laughs> You've also had a busy summer. Big announcement. I had a very busy summer, so... Should we be addressing you in a different way now? Uh, yes, actually. Which is? I am now officially Dr. Baratera. <gasps> Whoa. Oh, my gosh. They call me Dr. Baratera. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like... 95% of what I did this summer was either writing for my dissertation, revising for my dissertation, uh, defending my dissertation, revising some more, and stressing about my dissertation, basically. Well, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I 
finished my dissertation. I deposited it. It is officially in the library. I am no longer a student. I am done. I'm a doctor. You're a doctor. So what yeah. was your dissertation about? Thank you. My dissertation. <laughs> yes, congratulations. <laughs> I, I have to say, Elspeth already congratulated me in a big way. She participated in uh, basically outfitting my desk here at the office with streamers and we destroyed it they basically destroyed my desk and then put a sign up that said the doctor is in and that is how i was welcomed back (laughs) after i'd been away for several weeks working on this dissertation so that was pretty awesome and very heartwarming so thank you basically you're welcome all those books on your shelf are useless because they're covered in great paper (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) hope you didn't want that but my dissertation is about newly composed operas that have what I called cyber narratives. And so the idea was that what happens when the actual story of the opera has some kind of digital technology in it? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot written about like technology and opera production or the idea of like different technologies and sound recording and how that's changed aesthetics and practices in classical music basically since like the gramophone onward right and so there's a lot written in that realm but I was really interested in this idea of what happens when you have a newly composed opera where the characters are communicating in a chat room or where one of the characters is maybe an android or basically anytime there's digital technology that is intricately tied to the story and so I kind of started working on this topic after I saw Nico Muley's Two Boys at the Met. And I actually started with like the question, what does the internet sound like? Because that was the kind of mm-hmm. thought that got me thinking about how do composers express digital technology through sound as like sound being a metaphor for these things. But then over time, like the topic really took me in many different directions. And I actually wrote um, like the whole dissertation is not focused on like, what does the internet sound like? It's basically divided into three different chapters. Each chapter looks at a different opera that has a cyber narrative and each opera, the cyber narrative is focused around a different kind of technology. So I ended up digging into a little bit about the music, like how is the music expressing these digital technologies. But then I also did a lot of work looking at the productions and looking at the text of the opera and really digging into kind of the like popular culture that was referenced in the operas because there was quite a bit of referencing other things. And then also looking at how certain themes kind of reemerge across all three operas. And there's, even though they were not written um, to be connected in any way, because they're by three different composers, there were a lot of interesting things that popped up in every single opera and kind of a, Mm -hmm. I guess, patterns that I saw emerging. All of these things took me into some pretty interesting territory. I also ended up writing a lot about... um, female characters in these operas and the role of women in these operas and the role of women in opera and how the cyber narrative interacts with kind of techno feminism as well so that was like another sub theme that connected all three works so that's what i did this summer (laughs) smart (laughs) just that just that just little bit that. just that so now that's done and and actually this opera that opera philadelphia is doing oh, yeah. um 
Denise and Katya, I actually found out about that opera like two days before my defense. And so I actually talked a little bit about that work in my opening statement because in your defense you have to like you get 10 minutes where you have like the floor and you introduce your Mm -hmm. research to the committee and to anyone who's there attending and so I talked a little bit about how I believe that the cyber narrative is going to pop up more and more in opera because technology especially digital technology is becoming more and more deeply embedded in our everyday life and I used this particular opera by Philip Venables and Ted Huffman, Denise and Katya, as an example of how I had just learned about another work that is being performed, having a world premiere, that clearly has some kind of cyber narrative to it that is based on social media, integrating a story with social media onto the opera stage. So I'm definitely going to go see it. And um, and I'm really interested to see generally how this work may or may not um intersect with some of the things I wrote about. So is yeah. this what you are most excited about for 1920? It's one of the things I'm most excited about for 1920. I'm actually going to attempt a double header that day, mm. going to oh, Denise and Katya. I think it's the matinee show on the day that I'm going. And then For the Love of Three Oranges is the evening show. Oh. oh. So. <laughs> that opera is weird. I know. I know. But I'm going to tr- I'm gonna be in Philadelphia, so I thought I might as well of course. see them both if it that's, works. I'm telling you. That's the beauty of the festival. Right. No, festival model. Right. Um, and there's a few other things I'm excited for this season. Um, one of them is... Uh, Rusalka is coming to the Canadian Opera Company and it's playing on the weekend of Canadian Thanksgiving which I will be home for that which for all of you Americans is the same weekend as Columbus Day Um, we eat the turkey early and (laughs) (laughs) you get the the choicest of the turkey exactly we do (laughs) and and so I'm excited to see that because it is a new production and actually Rusalka I think was the first opera I ever saw at the Canadian Opera Company many 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 years ago Cool. and so I'm excited to see the new production and Sandra Rabinovsky is singing the role of Rusalka and it's oh wow I think it's a role debut for her so Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that that's Um, awesome and I'd say the other thing I'm excited for this season there's a few things on the Met season that I'm quite excited to see um, Akhenaten by Philip Glass is supposed to be pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's with Anthony Roth Costanzo, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I actually learned that he pronounces his name Costanzo. Oh, Costanzo. Oh. Okay. Anthony Roth Costanzo. Yes. Now we know. Now, I, like I just very, learned that like uh, last week. So. <laughs> very yeah. American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. And a, he is, of course, American. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see that. And I think the other one I'm excited to see is at the very end of the season, hopefully I can get a ticket for it and that the dates work, um, because there's only three performances of Janacek's Katya Kavanova. Oh, yeah. Man, I would love to see that as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, horribly tragic story, just like... Yeah, super uplifting. A lot of Janacek's work. Right. (laughs) Right. But the dude can tell a compelling story. True. He sure can. Yes. Elspeth, what are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to Vatsek. Ooh, mm. good cheer with Peter Matei. Oh, at a, the Met, yeah. Mm-hmm. At the Met, and it's a William Kentridge production. Yes. Which is going to be amazing. Yeah. Do you guys know anything yet about 
what the production looks like or yeah it looks <laughs> are pretty are you it's pretty wild <laughs> no it looks pretty wild i know that their child is played by a puppet <gasps> yes i Don't love you... the puppet child you oh, love puppet kids i do love I puppet gonna, kids so. <laughs> i was gonna say that was ringing a bell but isn't it elspeth don't you dislike children on stage so you would well, like the puppet I think the puppet's going to be really interesting because instead of a face, it has like a World War One gas mask. Oh, oh gosh. This is yeah. <laughs> the children are very distracting on stage because they're young and they don't know what they're doing. So <laughs> I just remember the puppet in the, is it Anthony Mangela's Madonna Butterfly, Butterfly yeah. production? And I just thought it was so effective. Really, I'm just mesmerized by how like puppets with with like a little movement can be so human like yeah look that puppet so. hits its its mark yeah every time mm-hmm. yeah probably better than a little child could you can always count on the puppet right <laughs> but does have you seen any of the visuals like i know kentridge is really big on like stop action animation and collage and that type of thing it's a lot of that kind of stuff um i think from the pictures i've seen i might be misremembering um a lot of it is like world war one interesting like broken down planes and and Mm -hmm. things like that i think he's really focusing on um the trauma of the war which as you know sort of spurred album berg and like all of the whole movement right i mean he started vatek before the war yep. and then like completed it afterwards right and he talked a lot about how much the war <laughs> impacted the direction he took with the opera so i can see how that's like a perfect fit of themes for the production right mm-hmm. yeah sounds it should great. be interesting and you know wild so that's what i'm really really excited about and i love vatek so mm-hmm. and i've never heard this is going to sound terrible. Um, I've heard plenty of amazing people sing Vatsek, but I just think Peter Matei has such um, a naturally beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone who has like an incredibly naturally buttery, beautiful voice sing a role like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what that is going to be like. Yeah. Well, as far as this season goes... There's a couple things that I'm particularly excited about. Mm-hmm. I do, I know I do talk a fair amount of, uh, a fair amount about Arizona Opera. That's where I'm at. <laughs> right. Um, but this year the company's doing fellow travelers, which. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've heard some really good things about the, the little bits of the music that I've listened to uh, sound really nice. And it's to me a compelling story. It's about the Lavender Scare and something that I didn't know about until I started to become familiar with the opera, but how in the 1950s, government employees were basically fired because they were gay. Um, And it was this whole thing where it was, because they were gay, it was said that they could be blackmailed, and so they were a security risk. So kind of en en masse, these people were fired, which is terrible. So I'm interested to see... How that, and it's a, a gay love story on stage, which I think is, you know, it's about time that we're seeing that type of love story. It's and actually not even that type. It's just a love story, pure and simple. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that I'm excited about. And then I found out recently that LA Opera is doing Light in the Piazza. Oh, oh wow. with Nene. Yes, with <laughs> Nene. She just, so I, it looks like it's the same production that was just in London. 
mm-hmm. which piqued my interest, um, but I wasn't able to make it. But uh, so yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that I'll get to go and see that. Uh, you know, it's just a short trip, and I haven't seen Light in the Piazza live, but I watched a recording of the original Broadway production mm-hmm. with Matthew Morrison and uh, 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 Kelly O'Hara. Thank you. And Victoria uh, Clark. Right. Yeah. Kelly O'Hara was the name I was looking for. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, Kelly. I, I know you're a big fan of the podcast. Right. I, I wish. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that looks really good. And I was listening to the music recently, and I think those two did a very good job singing the role. They're both really talented singers, but I would be extremely excited to hear it sung by operatic voices. I think it's music that would really lend itself well to to those bigger, heavier voices. And so I'm hopeful that I'll get to go see it and then excited to hear what that's like with those different types of voices. And just in case anyone is not sure who we are referring to when we say Nene, that is the common nickname for none other than Renee Fleming. It's true. America's, America's diva. diva. Right, America's <laughs> diva. <laughs> I mean, she did sing. She did sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. She did. Isn't that Fucking when she nailed it? Got that nickname, mm-hmm. or did that? Oh no! I think no. It's been oh no! Years. I think okay. it was before. Okay. But it, I feel like it backs it up more than a lot of things. It's like it's pretty American. Mm-hmm. Right. As, I'm pretty as, sure she's like yeah. one of the most recorded American singers. Like she has more albums that oh, she I'm recorded sure. than like any other opera singer that I that I can think of. Oh, anyway, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully I get to see it. But there's lots of things going on all over the place. Uh, oh, and of, of course, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners, about what you're excited about seeing this year, uh, wherever it is that you live. Definitely. So reach out with some social media and let us know. Yes, we are definitely on the major platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us there. And actually... We have a pretty big announcement of our own. Uh, That's right. It's not the best segue, but in case you haven't <laughs> found segue. out, in case you haven't found out through social media, we now have an Opera After Dark shop filled with merchandise. So much beautiful merch. Merch, 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 merch. Just buy all of it because you want all of it. We put right. tender love and care into selecting the merch. Definitely. And yeah. designing the merch and making it possible to purchase the merch <laughs> through the website. We did. It's true. Yeah. So please check it out. We have lots of fun stuff. We've got mugs, totes, iPhone yeah. cases. Perfect for birthdays. Yeah. Perfect <laughs> for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Perfect yep. for a little treat for yourself. That's it's right. A f- it's a fun way to show your fandom, but also a fun way to support the podcast. So we would really appreciate it. And on that note, we would also appreciate a visit to patreon.com slash opera after dark. Yet one other way, if you're not into purchasing merch, it's another way that you can support the podcast. If you're decluttering your life, if you're Marie condoing your shit, you don't want more <laughs> shit, right. just go to Patreon <laughs> and get us some money. Yes. And of course, we love your support as well in the way of... Uh, ratings in iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, and comments and emails reaching out to us. That's always great. 
And yes, because this is the first episode of season four, you can expect new episodes every Friday. We have some fun stuff coming up, some serious stuff coming up, or operas that were requested from fans writing to us. Mm-hmm. Um, operas that don't have funny plots, but we really tried to make it entertaining. Um, and so we have lots of good stuff coming this fall. Thank you so much for tuning in and helping us launch season four. I'm Naomi. I'm Elspeth. And I'm Kyle. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.